0: Hello, welcome to Brownline Church's Midweek Podcast. I'm Vince, and Kyle's here as well. Hello. And today we are responding to Sunday's discussion about society resets. We talked about how when big things happen, when big crises or traumas happen collectively to society, they tend to reset things, and that can be for ill, uh, or it can be for good and so we've been we've been batting around the question of how can we find god leading us toward the good how can this make us more just more ethical more beautiful the fact that we're plowing through a an uncharted territory here in uh covid-19 land uh, Kyle, one thing that came up uh in the discussion. I was wondering, do you have a favorite uh bad coronavirus commercial um uh, that you've heard right now, like on a on a podcast or on anything you're watching? Yeah, there was a Mercedes
1: one that I saw, but it was mercedes like, like uh, what that
0: exactly. I mean, I really need comfort
1: from Mercedes it's like we're in this together, and uh yep. I saw a parody one that was like. It was a faux car commercial one that was like, we're in this together. We know you have $1,200 for a down payment. And it was like... <laughs> uh, like uh, so, that's the subtext. I think the yeah, subtext of it. all this is like, oh, you know, let's, uh, let's trust that Americans continue to... Uh, uh, not handle their finances in a in a great way. <laughs> and let's take the money they just got for bills and put it towards their Mercedes. So uh, Mercedes, yeah, yeah, that's there. Good. There's something right, particularly about like just like high end luxury car. I was is say, there the more high
0: end the product? Yeah, that that is the worst. I I've um it's it's gotten me thinking about how um, a while back I listened to a podcast that was the the question it was batting around was. Uh, can products provide meaning mm. and um and this was like long before coronavirus stuff mm-hmm. but the 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 thing that they uh leaned into is like this this um trend in <clears throat> tech companies or in companies that develop products that are very modern um to have mission statements like the companies have mission statements that are almost religious sounding like it, it you know like yeah like, like google, google famously yeah. was like do no, uh do no evil or what is it like or don't don't be evil or something like that uh, I, there's some of uh, was
1: like changing the world and like yeah you know, yeah well, making us like, better is, people
0: yeah 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 facebook is like connecting people you know it's like mm-hmm. all these like very like i mean th- those are those are almost religious and right like they're they're about they're about like much larger things and even like the way i don't know like the way that that um Consultants teach companies or organizations mm-hmm. to draft their mission statements, just like tap into you know inner longings of human beings, and and that all sounds well and good and like oh yeah you're right of course because that's what we want until we're in you know pandemic you know mm-hmm. around the globe and we hear those companies try to sell us something you know and then you're like yeah this just doesn't feel right you know this this is this 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 reveals what's what's uh, ugly underneath you know, like painting over your your actual beliefs with some mm. nice-sounding slogan. You know, I think this is one of those things
1: that is uh, kind of a, the rub or the the delicate dance that we walk in these times, which is in these moments where things are are uh, trying to be earnest, like all these companies are trying to be, oh, we're in this with you, we feel you're suffering, and it's clear you know, that that they're a profit-driven company. They're trying to do this. I feel the same way sometimes with, like, network TV shows that it's, like, the goal of it is to try to make you cry kind of thing. It's, like, just really earnest trying to pull at your emotions for the sake of consumerism, which is, you know, what a lot of our country is kind of based on. Um, And there's the delicate line in this time and space of we're going through this really difficult experience and we're longing for a way to grieve, to be understood, to walk through it. Um, and so uh, part of us is like, you know what? Like I, the, hearing how Verizon is with me right now, like there's almost like a, a consoling piece of this when we're not being cynical. Um, but the truth is, the and this is the, the divide I'm trying, the dance that we're trying to walk, which is, the, there's something that feels so trite to hear Verizon talk about how it's in it with me, you know, when they increase their their prices on my bill without me ever recognizing it's happening. Um, but they're in it with you guys. But they're in they're it in with this. me. You're there's in this together. This is like the cynical part of me just like laughs at this conversation. But there's another part of me that's like, recognizing in this whole piece, that the reason why companies are doing this and the reason why this is going on is because I, I I, do want, I wanna feel like somebody's with me in this. Right. And so using, and I've, I've often had this this dance with network TV, which is, is it an evil that network TV emo- is, is going to the basest emotions of who I am, trying to make me cry because they're trying to make a profit on a TV show and they know that if they can touch my emotions, I'll engage with it. Or can I look through maybe some of the kind of corrupt nature of that and still find value there? Can I still find and recognize the the human experience that wants uh, to process uh, emotions and I don't ever get to do it? And so when I watch Parenthood and it allows me to cry over those things, in some ways it, it's... Uh, allowing me to do that. And I think that's the, the dance of these things is there is something like real in there, but a lot of the, the facade of our culture kind of can prevent us from 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 actually uh doing that in an honest way. So we end up kind of doing it through Mercedes commercials often.
0: Yeah, because the message is not bad, right? You know, like no. we, we actually do need to hear we're all in this together. Um it the the place where it gets muddled is who is the messenger and do you trust the messenger? I, you know, I can't help, but think about how this relates spiritually. Like how does, how, how this relates to mm-hmm. how, you know, how, how we think about God. One of the things that you and I are often talking about in terms of what we're trying to do when we uh, craft messaging or communication for our church and, uh, and try to try to direct people about like what, um, who is the God that we're talking to and and what does it look like to interact with that God? I think this question is, is what we're doing. It's like, you know, it's not just about the message. It, it does need to be a good message, um, but also, it, it, you know, almost more importantly, it's like who who is the messenger? Who wh- wh- do you trust the messenger? And uh, and so we think about this a lot. Of like, you know, we're all in this together. If if you're a if you're a person who's uh, receiving a religious message and you feel like you get you get that message, you know, it, could, it could be exactly what you want to hear in this time. But if you don't actually trust God. Um, because the picture of god that's been painted for you is a a suspect one um then you know where is that going to go and and I, I suppose i think about that too with with this this topic of society resets of if uh if we don't actually like if we're su- if if we're suspicious of um of of a of a god who can um who can actually like act to um, to make our society more just, or more beautiful, or more ethical, or if we're suspect that there even is a god, if we're suspect that if there is, you know, does that is that god morally, you know, uh, questionable? If we have any of those um, ideas, then that's going to subvert any good work that can happen. And so again, like this, kind of comes back to this question of like, is the messenger trustworthy?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting because it, it, I think what we're experiencing right now, and I think a lot of our conversation is when we go through moments like this. You know, we talked about for me how it was really formative going through the recession, how uh, it was really formative going through nine eleven. These these really intense, uh, hard experiences of suffering. Um, A lot of the kind of spiritual conversation in that world can feel as trite as a Mercedes commercial telling me, like, we're all in this together. But if if I'm seeing God as this one that's like this puppet master that's kind of secretly manipulating the world, you know, he brought about coronavirus, and uh, you know, and he is the one that is behind all these people suffering and dying, and for some hidden it's reason, a, it's a
0: judgment of someone, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. yeah, or it's or or it's to take us through a trial because he wants to teach us, and you know, forget those people who died. It's, yeah, like... <laughs> exactly. And it's yeah. like so afraid about all
1: that kind of stuff, because well, really, what he's doing it's a, it's a purifying thing for me, and yeah, you know, like even the same message we're trying to give out right now, which Like There's opportunity in the midst of suffering, which is you become...
0: There's a fine line between those two things. Exactly.
1: It is. Transformation happens in the face of suffering. But if the messenger of that story, whether it is us as pastors speaking, or more profoundly, our experience of God, is this somewhat questionable thing that has caused all this suffering for the sake of me, because like, is, is the stakes of me becoming a slightly more mature human being? Like, am I willing to exchange the death of 5,000 people? Because you know, like, and I think the question is, no, I'm not willing to do that. However, if I see this as more the message of God saying, Hey, I'm going to use this experience of suffering and not let it just be loss. He's not the one that's like created the suffering. He's not the one that was like, hey, coronavirus, that's a fun thing. Rather, there's other things at play that led to coronavirus happening. But the opportunity for me in this is this idea that in the midst of suffering, it doesn't all have to be lost. I get to actually become transformed. I can actually become more healthy, more loving, more uh, others understanding. Uh, And I think all those are the opportunity, but the truth is, if we don't uh, experience the things that are necessary to kind of see the redemptive kind of lens of that, uh, we end up kind of Either being really cynical, which is just like, you know, we're, we're scoffing at any growth as if it's a, uh, you know, Mercedes commercial. Or we become to this place of where we just feel kind of defeated by it all. Like we do feel alone because we believe any message that tells us we are with us is really the Mercedes commercial. And I think that none of that's where we want to live. We want to live in a place that believes that there's actually a trustworthy Uh, experience of transformation that comes out of suffering. These social resets have the opportunity to create things that are more just and beautiful and good, not because the suffering was good, but because we have a God that in his heart is a good God who acts through redemptive ways.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I was in a conversation recently with someone in our church who was, um, they, they're they one of the people in our church who, um, if they go uh, back home to where their family is, they end up in a context where um, there are lots of religious ideas that would be, you know, sort of more popularly believed traditional things about um, the Christian faith, um, some of which we kind of thoughtfully um, depart from in our church. and um, And this person was saying, you know, what's interesting is, uh, they were saying like I, I come and I and um, I'm a part of Brown Line and so I listen to uh, you Vince and and Kyle and and uh, I listen to the messages that we kind of bat around a lot at this uh, church and the theology that you guys talk about things and it seems like really natural to me because I'm there every week and you know and it just says, oh okay yeah this is this th- this is what it what it means to follow God. Um, but this person said that when they, when they um, last year at some point uh, returned home and were in this previous context, that they suddenly realized uh, the way they described it was like there are subtle but significant shifts uh, or subtle but significant differences in the ways that um, that our church Brownline talks about faith and the more popularly uh, held Christian beliefs that are discussed in in american context in in like American evangelical context or American Catholic context, but just american Christian contexts that are that are are more traditional, and what they were saying they were they were meaning this in in like a really positive way because it uh it, it really connects with the way that they talk about things and I think this is this is that fine line that you're talking about of you can you can say something one way and it 's actually it, it 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 to change it would be it would be a very subtle shift it, and so when we when we talk about the difference between uh, a trite message and a message that feels like water on dry land the the differences in maybe in language or the differences in delivery or the differences in uh, in the message itself are actually quite subtle maybe in uh, you know undiscernible but what that significant thing that I think my friend was talking about is. This trustworthiness of the messenger thing—it's like who who is who is the god behind that message? Um, and I, I like I, I I obviously I think that that um um our 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 north star in terms of like who what is the messenger behind this or what's the trustworthiness of the messenger behind this message is is the the character and the teaching and the life of Jesus and um and I'm just curious like what um in terms of those nuances in terms of that fine line. Uh, when it comes to how something like this we can we can see God use to reset society in a good way. Um, what is the helpfulness of the character of Jesus in this? Um, like, why why is that such a useful North Star for us?
1: I mean, it's I think it's the humility of it. I think Jesus is humility embodied. You know, a God of the universe chosen to be born uh, as a refugee with no money, um and in a context where his ethnic group had no power um and to a people that were waiting for like you know i think of what's his name uh Leonidas from 300 i think that's what a lot of the 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 pharisees and jews had in mind of what the messiah was going to look like and instead uh they get jesus and i think that that is this picture who is <laughs>
0: that was that actor is that uh, uh gerard, Ger- butler? Ger- gerard butler gerard <laughs> butler yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um...
1: Which is, you know, if you look at a lot of the kind of white white people paintings throughout time, it might look a lot closer sure. to Gerard Butler than the actual uh, what Jesus <laughs> looks like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you think about the, his, his story of life of walking through and being not understood and um, reaching yeah. out to outsiders and pulling people close to himself and then walking to the ultimate uh, kind of pinnacle of his life, which is betrayal, surrender, mm-hmm. and un, unjustified uh, suffering and death. Um, for the sake of then experiencing uh, redemption. And I think that that's the the, the arc of Jesus's life of death and then resurrection um, of suffering, I think for us informs a lot of our kind of North Star uh, understandings of things. So if people are giving me messages that promise things that don't like, you know, it's just all good. Like, you know. It's not I, earned. It's yeah. not earned, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, or it's like, everything's going to work out. Whenever anybody gives me, like, this is the solution of how, you know, like, there's a, like, this is the struggle that we have. And then here's the solution to never struggle again. Or uh, in this yeah. situation, the triteness of, like, this is how you get through COVID, uh, a victorious person. Like, I think there's, there's struggle. Like, there's a sense of, like, there is death. That this is not, um, there's no There's no quick pass. Uh, around uh, the kind of real growth that an experience of this happens for us. Yeah.
0: Jesus is not a North star because like he skated around all of the problems and therefore, Oh yes, I would like to skate around all the problems too. Or, you know, uh, or or all of the hard feelings or whatever. Jesus is a North star because he actually like shows you that you can go through that and, and be okay in the end. You know, Um, (laughs) And yet, sorry, I was just going to say the, the earned part of this, of like the, how powerful it is that that <clears throat> that i you know like i don't trust mercedes to tell me that we're all in this together because like you know like the whole luxury thing right like you know it do, it doesn't speak of like like mercedes has not gone through you know, this before and then, oh, so hard, but you know, like, look, I made it and now you can, you're like, so I don't trust Mercedes to speak to me, but, but the guy, but the idea of like a, and I, likewise, I wouldn't trust a God who has never, you know, like who, who is, who is a distant puppet master has an experience, you know, like doesn't know what it's like to go through suffering to speak to me or to be helpful to me, but I would trust a God who looks like Jesus to do that.
1: Yeah, no, I think of, uh, for me in this whole experience uh, usually when somebody is being trite or usually when you know things hit me poorly it's it's when we oversimplify things or it's like we say things without really owning the complexity of what does it mean so what does it mean that Mercedes is with me they sell cars that I will never be able to afford so does it being with me that you're going to release <laughs> a new model that has 0% financing and that I get to all of a sudden afford a Mercedes are you with me no it is trite because it's not actually yeah. with any follow through it's not reachable Yeah, 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 yeah. and it's yeah. also it's also they're being overly simplistic in what they are talking about. They're not actually owning I think about like a lot of my religious experiences is it's not that there's no truth in what a somebody says. It's just that they say it in such a way that makes it uh, like, oh, really, is that is that really true? Like, you know, when you say God is with me, I'll never be alone. Like, really? Does that mean I don't experience loneliness? Or And I think there's a sense for us that we, do, we want to follow the model of Jesus, who a lot of his teachings were in the context of parables, things that people were like, I don't know if I really understand it. It wasn't like a series of lists. It wasn't a series of like, this is how you, it's a lot of these kind of like, Hey, this is
0: wrestling involved. Exactly. There's complexity
1: in there. So I'm going to tell you a parable to help you understand. Like there's a sense of like, for me, for things to be trustworthy, I think that there's a sense we need to acknowledge the complexity of of life. And I think for us to walk through and, you know, I think to walk through an experience like we're walking through, you have to be able to say, this is not a simple thing that for some of us, we will, rel- we will be protected from the majority of significant suffering. We have enough privilege and wealth in this life that the suffering we experience is still suffering, but, but the lasting effect of that suffering will largely be a character-building thing. And then for some of us, the suffering around this will have lasting economic impact in terms of poverty. So for some of us, the people that actually died from COVID, like these... We can't just say one thing is true in all of this. We just need to acknowledge that the process of what happens in suffering is really different because how suffering works is really different. And I think for me, it is often trite when you hear people like myself or, in other words, white, privileged, married, uh, middle-class men giving off uh, advice that talks about how su- the, what suffering produces because the impact of suffering for me in a lot of ways I, I'm protected from. So I think it's really important that like Jesus, we're, we're acknowledging that there is real cost in in hardship, but that at the end of the day, it is about that cost, the loss of what we're experiencing, not being everything, that there is, there is hope and growth and possibility at the other end.
0: Yeah, it's really good. <clears throat> Another piece of um, that is so helpful here in having Jesus as a north star in this conversation is Jesus as an ethical teacher, and I wonder how that um, <clears throat> some of the some of the the key messages of um, of how he how he engaged like politically with his society, how he like the things that uh, that he espoused that uh, have have a have a, uh, a societal nature to them. Um, and not just like a personal spiritual bend to them. Um, I think that's really connected to, you know, like where do we, this question that we're batting around where do we see Jesus in this society reset that's happening through COVID-19? I don't know, what pops to your mind there, Kyle? Well,
1: oh, you know. I always think it's a little simplistic to say that Jesus was a socialist or something like that. I think, yeah. you know, the,
0: the culture and
1: context is so different and, um, sure. you know, sure. where in the time. Our period. words don't really capture it. Yeah. Right. And, and what that means to us. However, I think we can pretty easily say the way that American capitalism approaches the responsibility yeah. we have to other people is not in line with <laughs> Jesus' yes. teachings. Yeah. That Jesus yes. had a high level of, pers- of sacrifice for the other, a high level of responsibility, Responsibility for the well-being of one's neighbor in a way that uh, American Included finances. yes, yeah, which included yeah. f- finances and included making sure that other people's health and well-being uh, was something that we all took ownership over, which required sacrifice from people that had money to make sure other people didn't. Uh, this idea that we are making space for all people, I think those are all really important things. You know, it's too simplistic to put it in our own political... Uh, Kind of paradigms. But I think, you know, I read a quote thing that's like, you know, how, how, um, the, the teachings of Jesus has become what it's become positioned in our society is very confusing because this idea that we have no uh, responsibility for the other, that it's all, you know, people, it's the sense of, like, other people should just figure it out and make their way themselves. Like, they, that's the, the opposite of Jesus's teaching. Jesus' yeah, teaching right. is we can't make it way ourselves, that we need the help of God and need the help of others. And so when I think of the societal reset, I, I think that that's something we need to, Uh, really see in this space right now we have a personal responsibility to the people around us and that our own sacrifices and sufferings need to be understood in the context of the larger picture and not just ourselves that we need to challenge some of our own individualist capitalist assumptions in the picture of looking to jesus as our north star
0: yeah yeah I have thought a lot about uh this picture that is uh in the book of Acts chapter 2 of the earliest church communities that formed around the message of Jesus uh, after he died and uh and there there is this famous stretch in that Acts 2 uh passage that um that talks about how like n- none of the believers that were connected to the community had, were in need and they all sort of gave and 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 ensured that uh, everybody had what they needed. And and I've I've thought a ton about that as be, because this has just been such an unprecedented time and you know like we've we've pastored this church now for close to a decade and like it we've never quite had an experience that was so close I think to what life must have been like uh, in in this Acts 2 context um, it, we've ne- we've never had it like this and so uh, and so more so than ever before we're kind of getting this picture of like. What 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 does a faith community do? Like, why does it exist? Why like what is the benefit that it offers? And one of these fascinating things is like, oh, my gosh, like in a in a context like the Greco-Roman world, when there weren't mutual aid networks and there weren't things to take care of those who might find themselves in need, especially those uh, in society who who didn't have avenues to, you know, to 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 have status or to have financial means the church community stepped in to do that. Like, that was one of the first big missions of these early Jesus communities was to take care of those who society forgot. And just thinking how interesting it is that, like, you know, now we're in this place, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm realizing for the first time as a pastor, like, a little bit of what Val was encouraging us toward, which is this flat structure of mutual aid, and not just charity. Not here are the givers, and here are the takers in society. I mean, I think I've I've heard that idea before, but now experiencing it more than ever. Of like, this is why we exist. Like, we also are sadly in a context where our leadership has failed us in a lot of ways. To to make sure that people who are on the margins of society get taken for t- taken care of, or to make sure that those who are most economically impacted by what's going on get their their means met, and there's like you know the, there's there's half measures and there's things that you know I'm I'm glad are happening, these stimulus checks, but in some ways it's like oh wow like this is one of the missions of our church, and I never really realized that, but this is one of the missions of our church to fill in those gaps, much like the acts 2 communities. Mm
1: yeah I think that that's I think it's important for us to recognize that in a community we're in, in the society we have, uh we don't have the same commitment to structures writ large, this the commitment to each other this commitment to under like even in the ancient Greco-Roman world they still had certain structural things in place that were there like the, the process of gleaning. like farmers were meant to leave the the excess of their farming goods on the outside available for people to come yeah, through. Yeah family
0: agreements you yeah, would take exactly. care of somebody mm-hmm. who yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean sure there
1: was I mean not to, to project the ancient Greco-Roman world as a just one um, sure. but but there there is a higher commitment to faith, a higher commitment to family higher commitment to each other mm-hmm. than we have today And so I actually think in some ways, you know, like I do know people that have gone the whole like, okay, I'm gonna go X2 community with my life and we're gonna get in a co-op and then do communal living. And, you know, I'm not so sure that that's, that's necessarily like, you know, what what we need to do. I don't, maybe I'm wrong on that. But I think it's more this understanding that we live in a society uh, that doesn't necessarily create structures for us to care for each other. And so I need to be making sure that I'm doing what I can in the, the spaces I can to be create, caring for other people and letting other people care for me too. And I think a faith community uh, at its best is offering something in our society that we don't necessarily have built in, unless you're somebody who comes from maybe an immigrant family or comes from a, a, a non-white uh, suburban American family that has a different understanding of commitment to each other. Um, but I think for people like me, the church is always... Been that piece that felt like it could be a space of mutual care and support that we need.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, I I I think that there is. Uh, uh, we would be unwise to um, to identify, you know, like what is the best system based on this model from Acts two or based on the model of Jesus. I don't I don't think that's right. I, I'm not I'm not sure there is a system. I think that gets to some of that mystery in the in the in the parable style teaching of Jesus here um but whatever system you do find yourself in i think that the that you know the 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 decisions that were made in this acts 2 community or the the teachings of jesus are informative to us and they would guide us to operate within those systems in a certain way and not in other ways and that certainly does feel like an opportunity in this time of like wow like if if we can come out of this with churches more than ever before or 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 even if this is just a local lesson for us uh, our community more than ever before recognizing like people are going to fall through the cracks in our society and people are going to fall through the cracks here in our community um what how can we make sure that we help p- pick people up when that happens i mean that is an extremely valuable uh, uh result of this reset
1: yeah i mean i've seen this in my other work too of the way is that even systems and structures like school systems which are meant in theory to be there to support all people that it just doesn't ever play out that way we live in right. a society that is always like hey if this works for most people that's great and for, that, those, yes. That, yes. for those that it doesn't work for you know will we try our best and then it's like well we're gonna ignore the fact that Those it doesn't work for seem to be falling along certain lines of race and certain lines of socioeconomics, and so uh, you know it's not about racism, it's not about this. But it's not
0: it's not chance that 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 it it doesn't serve certain people. And it's funny because we live in these systems and
1: structures, so sometimes we can be hard to see them. But when uh, what's happened in the last two months is a new everything is new, everybody's doing new things, and so it's almost like maybe the freshness of how new things are. Now we can can see. You can see. Oh, what's happening is people. People, you're doing stuff that works for most people, and you feel happy with that. Like, there's always a sense of, like, well, we can't help everybody. But the truth is, the people that we're always okay with not helping tend to be our uh, brothers and sisters of color, tends to be people mm-hmm. with low income. And, but we like, oh, it worked for most people. And we're like, I'm, I'm not sure that's how, how things should work. I think that I always think of, uh, uh what was the uh,
0: Chicago's Cardinal? Cardinal George? Cardinal. Oh, uh, um, yes, for years Card- it was Cardinal Card- George. Cardinal yeah, George. Or, uh, are you thinking of Cardinal Bernadine?
1: I'm thinking of Cardinal George. I heard him okay. speak once and he was talking about um, how too often we think of light, uh, We think of um, our city and care for each other as a, as a game of addition. Um, it's mm-hmm. like to get the biggest number overall as we can, it just doesn't matter how we do it. So it's one plus one plus one plus zero, zero, zero plus a million. And the answer is a million and three. And we're happy with that. But he said, mm-hmm. I think Jesus operates in the game of multiplication. So if there's any zero in the whole equation, the whole, uh, the answer is zero.
0: The solution is zero. And yeah, I, yeah, I think that good. that's, yeah. that
1: feels really true to me. And I think, uh, and I think it's overwhelming. We're not talking about in this space, like we're, we're going to solve systemic uh, injustice right now. But I think one thing Val showed us is using these moments of crisis, as she talked about being in LA around the time of race riots and um, uh, how it changed and shifted the way that she thought about her position in this world. And I think Damn. that's the opportunity for us right now is in a reset to pause and think about where we are positioned in this world and where we are in that that spectrum of things. And I think that's one of those ways that we can choose to let the moment shape us or not we can just be angry about the injustice we experience right now we can be angry about the things that are unfair and come out of this more cynical or we can take this space right now and let the anger we feel be something that's self-reflective and we're looking at kind of where where am i in this whole thing like and and seeing the ways that i play part to it and and thinking about how the ways that i'm advantaged by this system and or the ways that Um, You know, the way that my life has panned out, that uh, I sit on the more privileged side of things.
0: Yeah, very good. Well, as uh, you know, we're, you know, we're still in the midst of this reset that's going on. And so as this plays out, no doubt we'll have more to say on all of these things. Um, But that will do it for this week's uh, Brownline Church midweek podcast. We are grateful for everyone who's been engaging in the conversation. We want to remind you we'd love to hear what you think. So uh, please reach out brownlinechurch at gmail.com and let us know uh, your feedback on uh, your experience of our midweek podcasts. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next Sunday for our next discussion.
1: Bye, y'all.